Is there truly a driver shortage in our industry? On today's episode of Driven Too Far, we're going to explore why some carriers struggle with empty seats and high turnover. Hello, I'm Andrew Winkler, and this is Driven Too Far, the truth about trucking, a podcast that helps over-the-road truck drivers balance career and family. I'm going to go out on a limb here and guess that as long as you've been in the trucking business, you've probably heard that there's a driver shortage out there. I know for 30 years, I've heard that same thing, and it, it really got me trying to think, is there really a driver shortage? And if that's the case, why can't we get this fixed as an industry? One of the things I heard earlier this year, maybe read in an article, I can't remember where I saw it, but it, it was somebody said basically that there are more active CDL drivers in the country that with active CDLs uh, than there is open driving jobs. So basically what that's telling us is that there's more than enough people out there with CDLs to fill every seat that's empty right now. But for whatever reason, something's happened in the industry that we keep pushing drivers out. Uh, we don't treat them right. There's something going on there where they come into the industry, they get a CDL, and then they exit the industry. And then we keep just scrambling and trying to find more and more drivers. But what's happening there? So I think a better question is, why do drivers keep leaving? Why do they exit the industry? First off, we know there's some industry challenges that certainly don't help us, right? Uh, pay is always top of mind. We can certainly think that. Now, I've always said that I think um, trucking in an OTR role as a company driver is a $100,000 a year job. Uh, I believe that. I do truly believe that. And I'm glad to see that we're finally getting there as an industry where there's company drivers out there making six figures. You should. You're... You're away from the house, you're away from the family uh, for days, weeks at a time. That has to be worth something. That has to be worth something. And they need to pay that type of thing for you. But I've also seen where, you know, you get new people into the industry with promises of big pay, but the pay's really not that great. We still got drivers coming into the industry making 40000 50000 a year. That's not really acceptable in my book. So pay's a big deal as an industry as a whole. We need to do better for our drivers. The parking thing, uh, that one comes up quite a bit. You know, just we have challenges in the country when we're just so slow to address some of these things like the parking. And it, it just creates added stress to the driver's life that doesn't need to be that way. So that's one. And then I think a big one is home time. And the biggest shift I've seen there is through the generations. Um, so the old, let's just call it the old school trucker, uh, you know, they, they were okay with that. They were okay with being gone weeks at a time and their family and their spouse adopted to that and that's how it was. But I'm a Gen Xer and when you get into Y and Z and millennial and all those things, as we progressed through time, people's needs and wants change. And the demands today are people want to be home more. It's no longer as acceptable to have a job where you're gone weeks at a time and away from the family. So we have to continue to address that. And we've seen some movement in that. Uh, I've definitely seen a shift over the years where trucking jobs have become more regional. And as they get away from that OTR model and it's more regional, uh, I, I think it's realistic that we get those drivers home at least weekly that way. So that's a good thing, but there's still a bigger demand there. I think, uh, you know, when I go to the schools and we talk to the classes and introduce our company to them, and I just simply ask, how many of you are looking for OTR jobs? 
How many of you are looking for regional? How many of you are looking for local? And the majority of the hands that come up is always about that local. So somehow they want to go drive a truck and be home every night. Um, and, and I think the, the illusion is that they're going to make this big dollars and still be home every night. Unfortunately, we're not there. So there's a lot of work to be done there as well. How about the public treatment of professional drivers? It's just, it hasn't really gotten any better, unfortunately. Um, now, the public opinion during COVID and things like that, obviously, uh, it got a little better for a while. But for the most part, you still see, you know, certain shippers and receivers denying facilities to drivers. Do you have a place I can use a restroom, take a break, that type of thing? And a lot of them are just, no, we don't do that. You're going to have to get off our property. You're going to have to go do something else. And I, I just can't imagine anything more disrespectful than that from these shippers. They need to help accommodate um, our professional drivers. If you want consistent service in your freight, you want professional service in your freight, then start treating them like professionals and offer them some of those facilities. And then there's, <laughs> then there's the regulations, right? It just never seems to stop. The regulations are exhausting. So, you know, it's been a while since they've really messed with hours of service and, and we've kind of adopted to the new way there, but there's just this constant talk. It's always about speed limiters or something like that. It's just like they can't leave enough alone uh, to where we can kind of settle in and, and, you know, make this an attractive industry. If we're constantly churn and turmoil and, and we're always trying to take this and it, it just always seems like the driver is the one that suffers from a lot of these things. So at some point, I hope the, the government and the regulations and the regulators uh, can just leave things alone and let these professionals do their job. There's, you know, that's why we hire them. They're out there. They're more than capable about that without all this overwatch and these rules coming down all the time. So I don't really believe there's a driver shortage. I've kind of, I've kind of fallen into that that thought where um, I think we hurt ourselves as an industry a lot. And unfortunately, there's some bad actors out there, meaning some carriers that just don't and have not and never have treated drivers properly. But what I think is interesting is when you start to study some of the carriers that have high turnovers, a lot of empty trucks, they have a lot of common traits with those carriers. And here's a few of those traits. First off, they don't treat drivers as an asset as a person, as a professional. Um, it's almost like, you know, a driver comes into dispatch or a driver calls into dispatch or maintenance or whatever it is, but you almost get this feeling like they're annoyed that you called. It's like, oh, you're bothering me type thing. And what a way to treat your people that are actually out there doing the work um, away from family days at a time you know, trying to trying to maintain safety on the road and get your products delivered on time. Uh, and we just don't treat them with the respect they deserve. So that's a big one to me is just the there's carriers out there that just they don't appreciate the drivers. You're an annoyance. You're your problem to them. It's like, how dare you bother me type thing. So that's a big one. That's a one of the traits we see in a lot of those carriers. It just they simply don't care about you as a person. They start to ignore your home time needs, right? They start, uh, you do your best to schedule your home time. They tell you, hey, you got to tell us when you want home and we'll get it on the calendar. And you do that. You do your part. But when it comes time to actually start working your way towards the house, then it's always, oh, one more load, one more load. And what's happening is they're putting profitability in front of your needs. So they're just saying, hey, you're not important. Uh, you can do this one more load. We'll get you home. Don't you worry about it. We'll eventually get you home. 
but they're always asking you for more and more and more and they're just they, they don't take care of your needs so that's a that's a common problem too you see with these carriers over the years we've had uh, you know I've taken part in driver orientations and new hires and a lot of times what I like to do is uh, first day of orientation I'll, I'll bring new hires in and just just shoot uh, chat with them a little bit get to know them a little bit try to figure out who they are where they've come from what kind of experience they've had what they're looking for and that hopefully we're the right fit for each other but when I have those conversations there's always seems to be at least one in the group that has some kind of story about their experience about where somebody cheated them somebody cut them out of pay somebody didn't uh, meet their expectations when it comes to pay and I think that's a common theme too um, these carriers are just always trying to nickel and dime the driver and they set these impossible rules so if there's detention involved or something there's always seems like there's an excuse of why we can't pay you detention because you didn't do this right or you didn't meet this criteria which is uh, it's just a load of crap to be honest with you it's not right poor hiring standards lead to turnover so one of the things that happens when you get uh, what you would see with these kind of carriers is that it's desperation is what it is is they treat people like crap the driver leaves they've got an empty seat and they're in a hurry to fill that seat as fast as they can because all they're worried about is that profitability and making money what they do when they get desperate then is they're not really looking into the background of the driver they're actually hiring when you get an app from a driver, when you talk to a driver on the phone, you can learn so much about them and you have a pretty good chance to be able to predict not only if they're a fit, but how long they're gonna stick with you. These people don't care. They're just more worried about getting drivers through the door, running them through orientation, and getting them in that seat as fast as they can. But what they often find out is because they rushed the process and they didn't bring in the right candidate in the first place, that driver's gonna stick it out a week or two, maybe a month, and then they're gone. So they're just constantly replacing the same drivers because they're not taking their time when it comes to hiring practices. And I think the number one reason I hear from drivers in those conversations, uh, why did you leave that carrier? What, tell me about your last job or two. It, it's always, they over-promised and under-delivered. Um, that's what I would call it. A driver would say that they lied. That's, that's how a driver explains it is they lied to me. They, they just, they told me they were gonna do this and then they did this. Uh, that's a big characteristic of these carriers. You can see all these traits in these carriers that have really high turnover and can't seem to keep their trucks full. If they would take a step back and somebody would take an honest look at their operation, they would be able to see some of those things. But what they don't know how to do is they don't know how to change it. So they just get caught in this cycle. They just keep doing the same thing over and over and they see the same results over and over. So let's switch gears a little bit. And let's talk about what good carriers do because they also have some common traits. Carriers that don't suck have good safety practices. Wouldn't you like to work for a carrier that puts safety in you first? And that's the way it should be. It's like we never cut corners when it comes to safety initiatives. So we don't cut corners when it comes to hiring standards. We have a certain criteria that we're going to meet. That driver's going to hit that. Uh, we don't cut corners when it comes to maintenance on the trucks. And we don't cut corners in operations, meaning we don't cheat our drivers out of anything. We always do what we say we're going to do, and we follow through consistently. Good carriers have pay programs that work. And a lot of times that's multiple pay programs because not one size fits all sometimes. 
So they may offer OTR regional local jobs. They may offer a salary type program for drivers if that's going to help you. And not only do they offer those multiple programs, they also keep an eye on it, right? They figured out how to monitor it. And we do that at our company too. Every week I get a report on Thursday, both for our company guys and for our lease operators. And I look at those every Thursday because I'm looking at a six week snapshot of these driver, every driver's pay. And I want to see, I want to try to be able to identify any problems that might be coming up with a driver not hitting the pay that they expect. So that's us being proactive on that, trying to see that problem before it gets too far away from us. And I look at that on Thursday because on Thursday, I can still correct a problem before the, the, the paycheck hits the bank on Friday. So that's one of the reasons we do that. But uh, pay programs are, are very important, not only that they offer multiple programs that fit your need and your lifestyle, but that also somebody's looking after that. You know, the worst thing that can happen is, is you get that paycheck on Friday and, and you were expecting this and you got that and nobody told you about that. What happens? Driver's upset, the spouse is upset. You know, unfortunately, we've been through some of that stuff before. So if you find a way to be proactive and you cut some of those things off, that's how we want to uh, interact and, and work with our drivers. Good carriers offer a path for growth. What does that mean? Well, it can mean a lot of different things. So it's not just one size fits all again. It's like maybe they offer student programs, uh, company drivers, lease operators. Maybe they even offer path into the office. You know, how many carriers do that? And, and not that they just do it, that I mean it's documented and it's presented to you. You know that it exists. So most drivers I know, they enjoy driving, but it may not be something they want to do their entire career. Maybe after so many years, the idea is to climb out of the truck and do something different. So what are you going to do? Wouldn't it be great if the company you worked for had a path outside the truck for you to continue your career, not only with them, but in the transportation industry? Um, you know, I can think of uh, we brought drivers in in safety roles before in dispatch roles, broker roles, logistics type stuff. Um, I know there's been some drivers that have a tech background and they can come in as a, a technician and work on the shop floor, that type of stuff. I think that's fantastic. And why wouldn't you want to work with somebody that has those kind of programs already in place? Carriers that don't suck have good communication. So it means they're proactively communicating whatever that channel looks like. Maybe it's uh, sent through the mobile comm system. Maybe it's a newsletter. Maybe it's uh, social media videos type stuff but one of the things that happens is if if we're not actively and proactively communicating with our entire team uh, you get to worry about things right you don't know what's going on behind the scenes so you start to make things up and that's how rumors start we don't want to do that so the way we cut that off is we proactively communicate uh, i don't do it as often as I need to, but I do push out, uh, I like to push out weekly or bi-weekly type videos. And I'll sit down and I'll make a list of all the things that have happened over the last couple of weeks that I hear, whether it's through drivers, office staff, whatever that is, and I'll highlight those things. I wanna make sure everybody knows about those things and I'll give them the good, bad, and the ugly. Because if I don't, if I just, sh if I just share the, the good stuff with them, um, you know, they're going to make up rumors about the ugly stuff. So I make sure and touch base on all those things 
And we tell them exactly what's going on. It's like, hey, we had a tough month, uh, if that was the case. Or maybe our, our new truck order is delayed or whatever that looks like, but we're just going to shoot it to them straight. That way they're hearing it from me, and uh, there, there's nowhere that the rumors can kind of creep in if you attack it like that. And just like I said with the, with the poor carriers out there that don't treat drivers with respect, the good carriers do. They understand the importance of that. In, in, in a couple companies I've worked for, uh, one of the things I've, I saw when I at least started with them was, you know, there was these silos and it was always the office staff in one and the drivers in another. And everybody was, they were in that silo and you didn't want to work with one or the other, but you got to get rid of those. Uh, you have to treat every person that works in your company the same way, with the same respect. It doesn't matter what the job title is. It shouldn't matter what the job title is because everybody's got a role to play and it's just as important as the guy next to you. So the good carriers understand that. They know that. They work really hard at breaking down those barriers and those silos and make sure that uh, you know everybody's welcome, whether you're having a celebration in the company. Uh, we enjoy it together. We don't have the dispatchers that you know grab lunch and go back to their desk and the drivers grab lunch and go back to the lounge stuff like that we sit at the same table and we enjoy each other's company and that's that's just a sign of a you know a well-run company and that they understand what's going on in the industry so retention starts you know we think about the driver shortage but i'm thinking about retention retention starts in the recruiting process if that makes sense we hire our turnover so if we do our job right in recruiting and we're recruiting the correct people that are going to fit our culture and the, and the company, we have a really good chance of keeping those people long term. If we do a poor job at it and we're just grabbing anybody with the CDL that meets our minimum requirements, uh, there's a good chance you're going to have some turnover issues within your company. So what, are, what does good recruiting strategies look like? Companies create and offer jobs that drivers want. So that means you have to be in tune uh, with what's going on in the industry, what drivers are looking for. And I mentioned that, you know, years ago it was okay to stay out weeks at a time, but over time that's changed and drivers want to be home more. So our challenge in the company is how do I serve my customers and the freight they have and get the drivers home as often as they'd like. And it's a challenge. It's certainly not anything easy to do, but we're in tune with it and we understand it. So we're always looking for opportunities to uh, create those kind of jobs. And we're always looking for opportunities to get the right driver in that job once we've created it. So it, it creates a rhythm that way. One of the things our recruiter is really good at is sticking to the facts. So what happens in a lot of companies is you know, the recruiter's trying to attract you, get you signed on, get you an orientation. That's their job, right? Tell you how great the company is and you need to come work with us and it's going to be fantastic. And you get there in orientation and already day one in orientation, you can kind of feel like something's shifted, something's different. Um, it's really important that the recruiter recruits on facts and that what the company can deliver so they can't tell you that I'm going to have you home every week. I'm going to have you in a brand new truck. Um, and you're going to be home every Saturday and Sunday. But when you get into operations, all of a sudden, well, you got to leave on Sunday. We'll do our best to get you home on Friday or Saturday. And I've got this four-year-old truck for you. 
if that happens, it just blew everything apart that that recruiter told you. It's right. It broke the trust, right? So you have to work at that stuff. And, and we do that uh, through a process. We Not only do we ask the driver the right questions and what they're looking for, we want to make sure that we can deliver on that. And then we take it a step further and we actually go into the operations group and say, here's what this driver's looking for. Can we meet this criteria? Do you have any concerns about us meeting the criteria? And if we do, we're going to take that back to the driver and go, you know what? They said they can get you home most weekends, but there's no guarantee. Uh, here's probably what that would look like. Is it something you can live with? Are you somewhat flexible? Or are you absolutely got to have Saturday, Sunday off? So, and if that happens and the driver says, I can't, I got to be home Saturday and Sunday for whatever reason for whatever reason, um, then we may not bring that driver on. That's how you have to be as a, a recruiting department is you're not going to recruit every driver. Not every driver is going to be a fit for your company. If we bring that driver on and they're not a, a good fit, then like I said, you're just hiring your next turnover because it's going to go a few weeks and they're going to go, I'm out of here. Uh, you didn't do what you said you were going to do, and I'm going to the next carrier down the road. So we got to work against that. Be selective with drivers as you're hiring and recruiting strategy again. Be selective with those drivers. Uh, we get three to 400 application or driver leads per month. Uh, we have a system where we kind of funnel all those leads in and uh, the computer, the AI basically helps us sort through those. So if they're not matches in certain things, what the driver's looking for and what we can offer, they get pushed out. So we get it down to maybe 30 or 40 applicants per month and the recruiter goes to work they uh they call every one of them um every morning when i walk in at 7:30, she's on the phone she's hammering the phone talking to those leads that came in the night before and trying to learn more about that driver and, and what they want to see if they're a potential fit and if they're not no hard feelings right there's a lot of carriers out there so you're going to find somebody that's a, a better fit for you so keep looking be patient and hire right you know, that's a that's a really important one for recruiters to learn is it's hard to let me tell you, because as a recruiting department, as a recruiter, you've probably got somebody breathing down your neck about the empty trucks that are parked against the fence. That's that's money. That's revenue that you're missing as a company. So we got to get those trucks filled. We got to get those trucks filled. And it's unfortunate the pressure always gets comes back to the recruiter because it's like, well, you had a driver in it, but you ran them off. What would you do to them kind of thing? But. Um, you have to be patient as a recruiting team. Again, if you, if you just fill in seats, you're just going through the motion and you're going to have a high turnover percentage and it's going to cost you more in the long run because not only are you churning through, think about all the expenses that go along with bringing those drivers in and rental cars and meals and hotels and stuff and what, they stuck around two or three weeks and they're out again? Well, now i got to fill that truck again. So patience pays off and it took took me a while uh you know at my first job to kind of learn that because i was the operations guy at the time it's like man i got customers breathing down my neck they need freight moved and we don't have our trucks full and stuff but uh it was a safety guy we brought in at the at the time and he just had a different philosophy and it kind of dawned on me you know after a while he was 100 percent correct because you got to have patience and bring in the right candidate. That right candidate's going to stick with you. They're going to they're going to fill that truck for you and do a good job at it. So that's an important one. Avoid high risk drivers and job hoppers. 
again, it's probably tempting for recruiters, especially if they're incentivized in any way, you know, to, to get a driver into orientation. But when you look at a driver's history, you have a really good way to predict, you know, how long they're going to stick around. If they've had four jobs in the last year or two, you're just going to be number five. And I know they told you that, oh, I, it'll be different this time or, you know, I left these companies because, uh, you know, they lied to me. They didn't do this. They didn't do that. The truck was always broke down, stuff like that. It, it could be true. But that history that they have, it tells the story. And that's really what you want to do as a recruiter is you're looking at that history. It's tempting because a lot of times you get these drivers on the phone and they're really good salespeople. They can sell themselves and they're a nice person, right? Oh, he's a really good guy. And I've had that happen before where the recruiter comes in, kind of fights to bring that applicant in. Well, they didn't meet all of our criteria exactly, but he's a really nice guy and I'd like to bring him in anyway. And I want to give him a shot. I get it, but there's just too much going on there. We're not going to do that. Again, it's hard. You got empty trucks, but... Uh, you got to be disciplined with the process, and it will pay off. Job referrals are king. Um, man, I just, you know, you can't get enough referrals. When when your your drivers are out there recruiting for you, and they're talking up your company, and they're um, talking to other drivers, that's the best thing that can happen because your drivers believe in you enough. They believe in your process and your system and the experience they've had at your company that they want to share that with a fellow driver maybe somebody that's not been able to find the right company now with that being said you know there's times we get referrals in and again it's just one of these job hopper type drivers that, that we don't bring them on right and i hate that i hate that our guy went out and he he did all the hard work and he talked to him probably more than one time and convinced them to apply at our company, but we weren't able to bring them on. It's a little discouraging, um, but but they stick with it. They keep they keep talking about the company, and that's all you're doing is just, hey, I've I've had a really good experience at Chief Carriers wherever you work. Um, maybe you ought to give them a try. If it's a fit, fantastic. If it's not, that's okay too. But referrals are just the best. That's the best type of recruiting you can do. If you don't get referrals at your company and your recruiter or work in that department, maybe you, maybe you should ask why. Why is nobody telling other drivers about us? What's going on there? So it may be a sign of something else going on. And then the last thing I'll say about this in the, the recruiting strategy is hire somebody that wants to be a part of your culture. Um, your culture is so important and it's important that you bring in people that are a good fit for that. Uh, if you bring in somebody that's not, you're going to know right away, right? They're going to buck the system. They're going to be uh, running their mouth to other drivers and things like that. But you're generally looking for people that just they, they want to thrive. They want to come to work in a safe environment. Uh, they want to know that they matter, uh, that they're important to the carrier and to the dispatch and maintenance and, and safety teams, all, everybody involved. Um, that, that's really what you're looking for. Is, and you kind of know. That, that's your intuition, right? That somebody's a good fit or they're not. Just listen to them. Have a conversation with them. And you'll pick up on that pretty fast to whether it's like, yeah, I think this person would, would kind of fit in with us. They, they've got similar likes and dislikes. And it sounds like they're looking for what we have. And on the flip side of that, you know, we had one in orientation here recently that I think he was just an old school dude. And he probably came from some carriers that didn't always treat him great. 
but he started talking in orientation about how he was just going to tell dispatch to do this and that and just, you know, get in their face and stuff. It's like, whoa, that's not us. You know, if that's how you are and that's how you work with um, your dispatcher, that, that's not going to be a fit for us. So you'll see that kind of stuff if you just listen, have a conversation and listen to people's responses. So why does our, why does our uh, industry struggle with so many empty seats? Again, we were talking about there's more than enough CDL holders out there to fill all the empty trucks in the industry, but yet we still struggle uh, and always try to say there's a driver shortage. Well, the shorter answer is there's still too many carriers out there that they don't get it. You know, they don't treat professional drivers as people and um, they just kind of treat them like a, a commodity or, a you know, somebody that can be disposable or something like that, uh, dime a dozen, I'll get another one. As soon as those carriers start figuring things out, we'll start filling more seats. But I can tell you that, you know, the carriers that do it right, uh, we don't we don't have trouble filling seats. Do we have empty seats? Yeah, of course we do. There's always, there's always a little bit of churn. But I can tell you that the reason drivers leave our company isn't because they're dissatisfied, it's not because of pay, it's not because of unsafe equipment, or things like that. It's mostly because something in their life has changed and it's time for them to move on to a new season. Uh, maybe we didn't have anything internally that was a fit for them and they just needed a, a local job or, or something like that. And that happens in all our lives stuff, but something to look out for. Those carriers that haven't got it figured out yet, the reason that's happening, and this is my opinion, but is because they're putting money in front of people. Once you figure out how to take care of people first, the money will follow. And I didn't always look at things like that uh, either. It took me a while to learn that. But um, it's amazing what happens when you start taking care of your people, treating people right. They want to stick around. They want to help you grow as a team and a family. Um, it's amazing what happens to your company internally when you do that. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Driven Too Far. If you're interested in joining a carrier that puts people first, check us out at chiefcarriers.com.